parable of Jesus. Uh, uh, if we went back to chapter 1, verse 25, we would see that the parable is in the context of what the kingdom of God is like. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a master who goes away on a journey and leads, leads, leaves his servants in charge of all his affairs. Immediately, we're to see that uh, the master is God, uh, and his servants are those who have put their trust in him, originally the nation of Israel, and now a new people in Christ Jesus, his church. Just like we've been entrusted with the affairs of God here on earth, God's church, these servants were entrusted to the affairs of the master. The master, the parable says, is going on a journey, which indicates that he's also going to be coming back from the journey. So immediately the question is asked and comes to the mind of the reader, what state will the master find his affairs when he returns? In the parable, each of the servants are given some talents, but not the same amount. Now, a talent was worth over $1,000, and we see that the first servant is given five talents, the second servant is given two talents, and the last a single talent, each according to their ability. Uh, this is loving of the master. He doesn't give his servants more that they can bear, but he knows his servants and gives them what he knows they will be able to handle. He's not concerned about the scale here, but concerned about the faithfulness of the servants. He gives them what he knows will let them realize their full potential and, God willing, bring about the best return. So the master goes away, and we see how the servants approach the task at hand. The first two put their talents to work, and they double what they were originally given. But the third man does not. He does nothing with his talent. In fact, he buries it in the ground, and it does not produce any result. Well, as expected, the master returns from his journey in verse 19 and comes after a long time to settle his accounts. And notice, that's what he does immediately. They are still his servants. Even though he's been gone for a long period of time, when he returned, they still knew their place under him. They knew that they were accountable to him for the talents which they had been given. And so it's with great elation that the first two show that the talents they were given, uh, that they were entrusted with, had doubled. Notice that the master is as excited about both of these two servants and how they've produced a return as they are. But it doesn't matter how much uh, they made. The point is the talents were put to work and brought forth a result. Uh, the master is thankful for their faithfulness. Uh, he left them with a responsibility that reflected their potential, and both of them used their talents in this way. And in the end, they were rewarded because of it. Look at the words he uses to describe them. Well done, good and faithful servant. The master is full of praise for them. He says to them, come and share in your master's happiness. But then we come to the third servant who hid his talent in the ground. Look at his explanation in verse 24. The servant says, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. The servant is saying, I knew, I know that you are a shrewd businessman and that you're able to make a return even where you have not invested. And so knowing this, he was afraid of losing the money that he was given. So he hid it and did nothing. 
The servant is saying to the king, I know what your will is, but I decided to act against your will for my own self-preservation. The servant was more concerned for his well-being than following the master's will. The master is absolutely furious. The servant has clearly explained that he knew the master, but did not act in accordance with what his master would desire. Instead, he feared the master and he did nothing with what he was given. You see, the issue here is that the master knew his servant. The master gave each servant a talent, or the talents according to their ability, according to their potential. But the third servant did not perform to his ability, the very ability that the master knew that he had. In fact, the master says that the servant could have simply done the bare minimum and put the money on a deposit in a bank, and this would have produced more fruit than leaving it in the ground. Doing nothing, however, is worse. Not using the talent he had been given and rejecting the will of the one who entrusted it to him for self-preservation is worse. So what we see is the master takes away the talent from the third servant and gives it to the first and casts the third servant out of his care. It's a pretty full-on ending, isn't it? A horrible thought to be thrown out into darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Well, what does this say about the kingdom of God? In a nutshell... The kingdom of God is all about living under the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ and serving him with the gifts that he has given us and realizing a return. Let me expand on what I mean by this. The kingdom of God has has begun with the enthronement of Jesus on the cross, his resurrection and his ascension. Now we await for ultimate fulfillment when Jesus returns. Until then, the kingdom of God is seen in the lives of those who have Jesus as their king and are awaiting for his return. The earthly manifestation of this, sorry, I think I'm out with my slide. The earthly manifestation of this is seen in the church. God rules his word by his word. And when his subjects are gathered together around his word and they submit to him as their king, this is when church happens. Our little patch of the kingdom of God is what we affectionately call St. Andrew's Anglican Church. And God's church has been entrusted to our care. That is, you and I have had the church entrusted to us until Jesus returns on the final day. But we're not an island, are we? Although we are concerned first and foremost with St. Andrew's, we're also concerned with the wider church. And so the question becomes... What is the Father's will for us as a church? Well, Ephesians 1, chapter 9, verses 9 to 10 is a great place to see it. When Jesus returns, he will call us to an account on how we have used our gifts and talents for his church. We will see whether we've had a return on what's been entrusted to us. He will call us to an account as to whether we have done the Father's will. That is, in everything we do and say as a church, are we looking to bring everything under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, the gifts that he's given us is not just money, but it's a whole range of giftings for the Lord, uh, given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We read about them in places like Ephesians 4 and 1 Corinthians 12. We see evangelists and teachers and preachers, but it's, th- this list is not exhaustive. Uh, 
the, uh, we also see it in lawn mowing, in leading services, in running Bible studies in our workplaces and things like that. But whatever it is, God has given every one of us different gifts according to our potential. The question becomes, what will the master find when he returns? How have we been using the gifts that he's entrusted to us at St. Andrews? Well, to answer this question as a church, I want us to think through the current state of our ministry here. But before we do this, let's pause and watch our Foundation Day video again to remind us visually of the year that has been and the way that God has been working amongst us. Well, it's so wonderful to, uh, to see all that. Uh, and you might, might come to some surprise that some people have said to me, uh, 2020 actually is to uh, be a year that we should forget. Uh, and while on one hand I understand many people are concerned about their jobs, their mental health and their physical health and so on, on the other hand, it has been a lot of, God has done a lot of work amongst us and it has been wonderful to rejoice in that. But it also has been a good time to push pause on our lives and ask ourselves that question, what does really matter? Uh, and in a similar vein, I've been speaking with the staff and parish council about this and especially in the context of St Andrews and asking the question, what is the state of St Andrews? In order to answer this, we've reflected on uh, the current state of the church using the 2020 vision document as a guide. In addition, I've been having many conversations with people about how they feel church has been going over the past year. So let me summarise where I believe that these conversations have landed. Well, you'll be pleased to know, and I'm pretty sure this will be no surprise, that there are many positive aspects uh, to, the, to St Andrews. We've had a 2020 vision for the past 10 years, led by a good friend and an excellent gospel minister, John Dixon, and that's, that's seen wonderful fruit over the years. We've got a strong staff team with excellently skilled gospel ministers. We've got talent, skill, and loyalty amongst our congregation. And while this may not be uh, as fully utilised as it could be, it is a great resource for us going ahead in the future. We have a history of sound uh, and biblical, biblical teaching as a church. We are supported financially well, which gives us a wonderful opportunity to sustain a wide ministry and to be very generous to our mission and aid partners. Uh, and uh, we have a strong kids and family ministry. Now, there is much more that could be added here. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But let me encourage you, friends, to keep this up. This is a real badge of St. Andrews. There's a lot of strengths here which should be and are celebrated. However, there are also some missed opportunities or areas for us to grow in. Since much of the 2020 vision hasn't been fully realised, I'm especially thinking of the building project here, but also many other aims and aspirations that we had in the document. Uh, there is a varied biblical literacy amongst those who attend the church and not a strong one-to-one -one Bible reading practice. Uh, there is a culture of busyness where we fill our lives with so many things rather than having church as a priority. Church becomes something we do rather than being seen as the most important thing we can be doing. While there is a growing understanding of discipleship, it's not part of the culture of the church. And there's a lost middle at St. Andrews, some in their middle ages who sideline church, who simply just get caught up in the busyness of life. And while we have a bank of skills here at church, we don't, uh, we don't believe that it's fully being utilised to its full potential for the ministry of the church. And so in this way, COVID and 2020 has, been, has probably had a, a positive influence on us shaking our middle-class complacencies as people look for foundations and stability. 
And St. Andrews can play a major role in this if we too are in the right space to be able to welcome those with these challenges. However, there is also a feeling and fear amongst the staff and parish council that for some at church, we are simply just holding on ourselves, whether it be to our own lives, let alone our connection to the church and to the community during this time. Well, friends, clearly something needs to be done to firm up the foundation that church is and the connections that we can be with each other and that sense of belonging that we can be to each other and to the community around us. So the question for us became, where would we like to go? If we could paint a picture of a church that we would like to be part of, what would we paint? Well, for the staff and parish council, we landed on a few things. The first is a core purpose. We need a, a core purpose that helps bring coherence to the ministry, a purpose that allows people to explore not only the Christian faith, but different ways of doing ministry with permission to try things and fail, but, a, but also a purpose that will align all that we do and bring clarification as to what is a part of St. Andrews and what isn't a part. We discussed how this core purpose to, was, was to revolve around discipleship, but what sort of discipleship? What does it mean to be a disciple? In our discussions, we talked about a discipleship being those who saw themselves as being created in the image of God, being transformed into the image of Christ, and that church had a role in this transformation. A disciple is someone who is other person-centered. They are agents of God in the world, and their affections are stirred towards Christ. We then thought about the St. Andrews community and how we desire to be a village or a hub for the church family that equips and empowers people, but also and gives us that sense of belonging, but also allows for doubt and for questioning. We need to make sure that we come across not as those who know all the answers, but can point to the person who does, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our church or community, we want to be a church that has its doors open to the community around us, uh, but that's also out and about in the community, making connections and bringing the gospel to bear on people's lives. A church that focuses on people and not programs, and so takes learning at a slow pace, but has the input of members of the church, not just simply the ministry team. A church that focuses on individual growth first, knowing that as we do, this will lead to church growth. Where the ministry team don't do all the ministry, but equip the saints for the works of service of the church. And then importantly, helping people to know where they fit in to the vision or the purpose of the church. A church that is looking to send people out into the community, into the workplace, and even into vocational ministry. Regardless of where they sent, we send in order to have an influence, not just on Roseville or on Sydney, but also to the ends of the earth. Now, in order to land on a purpose, uh, for St. Andrews, it's always important to base what we do in the scriptures. So throughout the year, I've been talking with the parish council and staff about what God's mission for us is in the scriptures. And if I just jump through these again, we, uh, we started uh, with Jesus sending his disciples out for mission in Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, where he says, therefore, go and make disciples. Now, this command was for the original 11, but if they are to teach the new disciples everything that Jesus commanded them, then this would include this command to go and make disciples. In other words, this command is not just for the original 11, but is also for you and me, for anyone who would become a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Well, a disciple in the Scriptures is a learner. Uh, We're to live a life learning about Jesus, following him, growing in our understanding of him, and having this mold and change our lives. However, it's important that we think about the reason as to why we should be making disciples. It's there in verse 18. In fact, you can't read verse 19 without verse 18. Sorry, that should be verse 18 there. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You see, we don't make disciples because uh, uh, any old person has commanded this. We make disciples because the one who has all authority and all power has commanded us to do this. In fact, to ask why we do anything, we need to step back and ask, who are we doing it for? We need to remember, friends, this is God's church. It's not my church. It wasn't John's church. It's not the staff's church, nor is it your church. Rather, friends, together we are the church and we belong to God. And so we need to, as God's church, do what he commands and what he wills. What does he command for his church? We've already seen it a bit in Ephesians 4, haven't we? Christ has given the church different people in order to help them to grow as disciples of Jesus. Notice the language of Ephesians. It's it's a building language. It's growing language, but growing for a purpose. What is the purpose? That we'll become unified, we'll become more mature and attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, having Christ impact all our lives, our head, our heart, our whole being, Sound familiar? This is what it means to bring our lives under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the indication that this has happened is in in verses 14 to 16. That says, "We'll we'll not chase after anything, but we'll only chase after Christ and his teaching. So that when something like COVID hits or we have the tide of society turning against us, we will stand firm and have this deep love for one another. See that final verse? It says it grows and builds itself up in love. Friends, the results of making disciples, the results of a church that is growing disciples should be maturity. And this is seen in greater love for one another. After all, this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Do you remember this command from John 13, 34? A new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, So you must love one another. So a disciple is someone who learns Jesus, who grows in maturity, and through this, loves each other as Jesus had loved them. Friends, imagine if this was our church, full of disciples like this. Imagine what God would do to us and through us. Well, friends, combining what the Bible teaches and where the parish council and staff and I would like to go as a church, we landed on the following purpose statement for St. Andrews. For the glory of God in prayerful obedience to his word and by the Holy Spirit, we will be growing disciples of Jesus Christ. What will this look like in 2021? Well, I'm going to pause here. We're going to let this sink in. We're going to sing, so I'll invite the band to come back up. And then we're going to hear from Mel, and she's going to tell us what this means for the kids' space ministry. Uh, and then we'll hear from Lauren and Grant, and they're going to tell us what it means for the youth ministry. And then finally, I'll help us think through what this is going to mean for us as a church. So why don't we hand over to the band, and they're going to sing for us, Rejoice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your name. We rejoice in your grace. 
we rejoice in your goodness. And we rejoice in the big vision that you have for this place, Lord. Help us to do your will every day, every minute, every hour, Lord, that we might please you with all that we do. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Mel, and I am the kids minister here at St Andrews. And it's a great joy to be able to share with you how our kids ministry is both in alignment and working with our church vision to grow disciples of kids in particular. We uh, have big plans for our kids' ministry. We've been praying a lot this year. We've been gifted much time to do that with the release of some of our programs through COVID. And we really feel like God has a significant vision that he's casting for our team to grow the children's ministry here at St Andrews. We are a place that believes that kids' ministry is really important. And as we get to minister to kids, we get to do that in two ways. We get to partner with parents and encourage them and equip them and resource them in their discipleship at home with their children. And we also get to equip and train a team here at church to grow disciples outside of the home. And we think kids' ministry works best when those two things work well together. And so we are really excited to be able to bring up kids in the faith, to grow disciples who have lifelong maturing faith from whenever we meet them throughout the rest of their lives. And so what that looks like is a whole bunch of different things. Kids space is very much about creating spaces, creating spaces to connect with our community, to connect with non-Christian families, to run programs that help our kids invite their friends along, whether it be play group for young parents and preschoolers, extreme for our upper primary, hub for all of our primary kids. We hope to be a space where we help families invite other families in to hear the gospel. We also want to be a space that encourages kids to love one another as Christ has loved them. We want to grow a ministry that feels like family in this place. And we are excited to help kids love one another in this space as well. We want to create a space where kids grow. We talk a lot about growing our head, our heart, and our hands. We want kids to know a lot about the Bible, to grow in their knowledge of who God is, to know the truth and the way and the life. But we also want to help them grow in their love for Jesus and their walking with him in practical ways throughout their lives. And finally, we want Kids Space to be a space where kids can serve meaningfully the body of Christ. We want to see them loving other members of our church, much like our preschoolers have been over the past couple of weeks delivering gifts to our eight o'clockers. We want them to serve the community, to do good in this place. And we want them to serve the world by praying for other Christians, by supporting charities and ministries all across the globe. We want to help them have big kingdom eyes in all that they do. And so we are really excited to continue growing disciples of kids in this place. We want to partner with parents. We want to train a team here at church and see those two things brought under God's will for the children in this area. And so I might just share a snippet of how this might look or how this has looked over the past couple of years. I heard just this week that a mum who we had at playgroup for a very long time, we met her when she was just about to have her third child. She met us, started coming regularly to playgroup, and we got to share the gospel with her over a few years. 
We got to have lots of gospel conversations. And when she moved uh, house, she asked whether we might be able to connect her with a local church, which we did. And she started attending. And in a few weeks, I get to attend her baptism and the baptism of two of her girls. Kids Space is a place where we want to connect with the lost, speak the gospel into their lives, and see parents and kids one to Christ. And so we are so excited that God is blessing and growing this ministry. We are privileged to be able to meet with over 140 kids from over 80 families. We have a team of about 15 adults for our Sunday program and 10 to about 15 at the moment junior leaders. And we are so excited to see what God will do over the coming years through this ministry. Now I think we're going to hand over to the youth team, Lauren and Grant, who are going to share how the vision is working with youth as well. When COVID first hit, uh, we actually ended up going online for about 12 weeks, but thankfully uh, we were lucky enough to be able to come back in person to St Andrews at about the end of term two. And under God, we saw that he actually doubled the amount of people that were coming compared to this time last year. Whilst that number is incredibly exciting, each one of those numbers actually represents a person. And so we thought that we would share with you some of the incredible things that God has been doing in the lives of each one of those people. And we could have just um, shared them ourselves, but actually we have an amazing youth leadership team who um, serve God week in, week out, pointing our young people to him. And so we actually wanted them to share some of the things that they have seen God do. Something I've seen God doing this term at Revive is growing a love of service in our young people. And there's heaps of opportunities for them to serve, like Bible reading, uh, kids' space, connect team, and band. And in all these areas, we've seen an increase in serving. And this has been so encouraging, seeing our youth um, follow Jesus' example and um, lay down their lives for others as they serve. One of my roles here at Revive is to lead the connect team. Um, so that what that includes is youth coming and serving God by welcoming each other onto the site. Um, it's been awesome and I've been really encouraged by it this term and this year, um, just as I've seen friendships and the community grow within Revive. One way of seeing God use Revive recently um, is the missional focus that's starting to grow. So the amount of mission nights we've had. Um, yeah, so it's like there's we had four of them um, and all the newcomers are having that. It's also been really encouraging to see the way my year seven boys have been praying for their friends um, and have been trying to see our group grow. Something I've seen God do at Revive is really grow the band and grow everyone as they worship him. We haven't been able to sing all together, but still been able to worship him um, as we reflect and glorify him. 
Um, it's also been awesome to see the atmosphere grow in energy and in love for one another and community. We truly are a family, and it's been great to see everyone seeking to glorify God in all that they do. We are so thankful for our 15 youth leaders who serve God week in and week out at Revive. They have been resilient in a time that's been pretty uncertain. They have been faithful um, because they know a God who is faithful to them. They love our young people every week, and we feel so honoured to serve alongside them each week. Over the last three years, our vision as a youth ministry has been to make healthy disciples. And under God, thankfully, we have seen him do that in incredible ways. And next year, we want to continue to do that. We want to continue to meet together. We want to continue to get stuck into God's word through talks and through discussion groups. We want to continue to resource our young people to read God's word for themselves uh, by giving them daily reading guides. Um, not only that, we're actually sending scripture teachers into schools uh, on the North Shore. And uh, don't forget, we have summer camp coming up in January and we've got winter camp coming up in the middle of the year. It is going to be an incredible year. We are so excited for 2021. 2020 has been a good year, but 2021 is going to be a better year. We're excited that St Andrews is all about making disciples and we can't wait to see the way that God works amongst us this year. Well, friends, are you excited by this? I hope so. It's such so wonderful to see uh, youth and kids programs, and we need to praise God for them. Uh, for both of them, they've already been implementing growing disciples of Jesus Christ as their purpose, and God is blessing their ministry. Friends, we need to continue to give prayerful support to them. But what does growing uh, disciples of Jesus Christ look like for St. Andrews in 2021? Well, first and foremost, I hope that this purpose statement starts a discussion, a conversation as to what this means. The discussions will happen both as a formal and an inf at an informal level throughout the year. With the help of Tony Goldsby-Smith, we'll run some structured workshops and think through what it means for us to be a church that grows disciples. In addition, I'm hoping that we'll have some informal conversations with each other with this mindset that we'll start to implement what we discuss throughout the year. The church is, uh, the reality is that the church today is in decline. And so we need to ask ourselves, how can we be a light on a hill? Uh, not just for those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, but for other churches. How can we be a church that is innovative in the way that we do ministries and an example to others? You see, we have, as I've said, very gifted people here. And yes, I'm looking at you out before me. Uh, and I'm keen to work out how can we harness your gifts and talents and use them for the kingdom of God here at St. Andrews. I think this is a real challenge for us in Roseville as we have many people living a dualistic life. We have our church life over here and the rest of our lives over here. Church has become the realm for professional ministers. However, this is not what the Bible intend, ever intended church to be. Under God, I want to discuss what it would mean for us to be a church that promotes a holistic approach to ministry and to the Christian faith, where we help each other to see Christ in our workplaces, Christ in our social lives, Christ in all of our lives, and we promote that Christ is Lord of all. Where church is not something we do, but it's part of who we are as a Christian. The outworking of knowing Christ is to gather together. And through this, I'm confident that we will grow. And by this, I mean spiritually in our faith, which in turn will help us to grow in love for one another, which in turn will see us grow numerically as a church. But friends, we need to start a conversation about this. 
To aid this, the preaching program for 2021 is going to be built around the idea of church, the place where disciples are grown. Throughout the year, we'll jump into Acts, 1 Corinthians, and Nehemiah to think through this. I've also invited John Dixon to run two, out, uh, two outreach series blocks where we can invite people from the community, our family and friends, to come and hear the good news of Jesus. In addition, I'm hoping that we can really bed down our congregations after a strange year. It's important that we try and get people back on site as soon as we can and so we can feel connected with one another and, and display that love for one another. I do recognise that for some, this will not be until there is a vaccine, so we will continue to live stream throughout the year. However, after our normal summer series of 9am and 6pm, which will also live stream through January, the plan is to relaunch everything, God willing, all services back on site from the 1st of February or the, the first uh, Sunday in February. We also need to give our congregations more identity. Yes, we are one church, but with our congregations, it's important they also have their distinct identity. And I'm keen to create more of, con more of a congregational ownership for the congregation that you're part of. While we need to celebrate the unity within the church, we also need to celebrate the diversity. And we'll talk more about this over the coming years. What this means for staffing is will myself, Stu, Santino and Mel will continue on full time, but we'll also see Grant come from being a student minister to being full time on staff as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing Grant to continue to develop as a minister over, over the year. We've also welcomed Bettina to the staff team at the beginning of this week. Please pray for her as she settles in. Bettina brings a lot of experience to this role, and I'm asking her to help think through with fresh eyes how we can continue to do things even better. Ness will also come on an extra day per week, and Lauren plans to return in February after her maternity leave. I don't think there's been any news on a baby yet. In addition, our three trainees will continue in their second year into 2021. The plan is to continue to have a congregational pastoral model of ministry that prioritise the congregation, but also include an equipping ministry that equips all the congregations with key aspects of discipleship, of mission, belonging and maturity. I'm keen to get these teams, uh, to, keen, to, keen to get you involved in these teams and see them implemented over the coming years. Uh, the discussion on how we'll do this will, uh, be, will take up part of the formal discussions that we'll have into the new year. But as I said, my hope is to move the staff from doing the ministry to being in more of a facilitator's role of the ministry, supporting and training those within the church who do the ministry. I hope this to be a church where the ministry ideas and initiative come from you. I'm keen to move to a church model where the staff do less upfront stuff and do more behind the scenes to facilitate and support the ministry here. I'm keen to train people here and to become a sending church, supporting people as we send them out into the world around us, wherever that may be. In addition to this, 2021 needs to be the year that we push to get this building project funded so we can start uh, the project and no longer have sites, uh, this site constraining our ministry. With a youth ministry that is quickly heading towards more than 100 young people on site and a kids ministry that continues to grow, we need to update our site with car parking for our senior members, for those with disabilities and for young families of the church. As well as this, we just need to have general better facilities on our site. And friends, the time has come. We have an approved DA from a hostile council. We have more than half the money in the bank. Friends, can I urge you to prayerfully consider how we can get this building program across the line in 2021? Well, friends, how can you be involved in the ministry of St. Andrews in 2021 and beyond? 
let me encourage you firstly to pray. Please pray for the ministries of the church and prayerfully consider how you can be involved. Pray for the staff as we navigate the route back from COVID and pray for this purpose of St. Andrews that we will become a church that grows disciples of Jesus Christ. Secondly, please continue to support the ministry financially. The good news is that budget-wise, we're hoping to make a savings on the budget that we had in 2020. While we have lost some staff over the past year, however, due to various reasons, we did need to adjust some of the staff's pay in order to be paying them according with the diocesan guidelines. In addition to grant, uh, grant's hours and Ness's hours, but I hope that you see that these guys are worth the investment in, uh, we, uh, we're, we're changing the budget for next year. What does this exactly mean? Well, the budget for 2020, excluding foundation giving, was 1186000 which equates to about $22,807 per week, or $98,333 per month on average. However, as you can see, in uh, 2020, we've been tracking lower than this. 85569 per month is what we've been getting in to the end of, of October on average. It's my hope and prayer that we can increase this over November and December. With this in mind, for 2021, last Tuesday night, the Parish Council approved a budget excluding foundation giving of 1,147,471, which equates to about 22,066 per week or 95,623 per month. And so while you can see that the budgeted amount is less than last year, it is more than the average monthly giving that we're currently seeing at the moment. Our giving has taken a hit over this past year, and we've not yet been able to reach the budgeted amount so far. We need an increase of about 11% on what is being given at the moment. So can I say, if you're not currently giving to the ministry of the church, can I urge you to start? Or if you do have more capacity to give, can I ask you to prayerfully consider how you can increase your giving so that we can, uh, we can close the gap uh, as we head into the new year. In addition to this, God willing, we're seeing more people come to the church and God willing, they will start giving to the ministry here and hopefully we will see this gap realised. Thirdly, my friends, how can we get involved? My hope is that you can go from here and start conversations with one another, with people in the church for what it means for us to be a community that is growing disciples of Jesus Christ, a community that is loving one another. And then let me urge you to get involved. Get involved in our Sunday services, in our small groups, and maybe even consider reading the Bible one-to-one with someone. Get involved with one of our equipping teams. Whether you're on the team or helping to facilitate the ministry of the team, let me urge you to get involved in these discussions. Plus, as we talk more over the year, I'm hoping more opportunities will come for us to serve. Friends, today we've gathered together to think more about the vision for St. Andrews as we partake in God's eternal mission of bringing all things under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, friends, I ask with you, will you join with me today as we look to be growing disciples of Jesus Christ? As Israel stood uh, under Joshua on the the edge of the promised land, ready to live there, Joshua spoke these words to them from Joshua 24, verse 14. He said this, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers, uh, throw away the gods your forefathers worship beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Well, friends, I ask you as we stand on the verge of 2021, 
the same question. Choose for yourself who you will serve. Will you serve God by committing with me to this vital gospel ministry of the mission of God of bringing all things under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you throw away the idols of this world, the materialism, the hedonism that so easily entangles? Will you serve God by committing with me to seeing this new vision, this new purpose of St. Andrew's realized, growing disciples of Jesus Christ? Friends, I ask you, will you join with me in this great gospel work? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord.